welcome to this week's edition of Daily Coast, the brief, our weekly show about politics. I'm Marcus Molitzis. I'm here with Carrie Alleveld. How are you doing, Carrie? Good. Just so, fine. Carrie, we haven't talked, I think, all week. So I don't know if you've heard this big groundbreaking news <laughs> of the last week. So do um, tell, do tell. What did I miss? Joe Biden is old. So <gasps> wait, relax, relax. Okay. Whoa, wait a second. Wait a second. I thought Joe Biden. I thought he was like in his, you know, his 40s or so. I was convinced that he was young. Gary, for some reason, or it's not even a reason, it's because of a BS special prosecutor report that had nothing to do with his age. The big news of the week really has been this whole notion that Joe Biden is old. And what New York Times had like 50 stories about it <laughs> seemingly all week, but it was, it was literally over a dozen stories on the fact that he's old. And Carrie, so my, you know, you've been covering these elections the last couple of cycles. I'm just curious, how, how did Joe Biden get away with hiding his age in the 2020 elections? Like that was quite a little slippery he did on the media, right? He was he masterful. Him? It was masterful. Yeah, yeah. They, he had, do, do you know that he had a body double out there who was <laughs> pretending to be him? And then it turns out that it's not, he's not 60. He's not 50. And uh, it's been a real shocker. But yeah, no, I mean, I have a lot to say about this. I'm sure you do, too. The reason people are harping on this is because they know the voters are not they're they're asymmetrical, essentially, in their views of Trump and Biden. But really, it breaks down to more of a partisan thing, okay? where Democrats are willing in polling to say, yes, we're concerned about people being old, Trump and Biden. Okay, we're concerned about. Wait, 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 wait. Trump That's, is equally yeah. old. <laughs> right. Is that the next big Trump bombshell Trump revelation? No, Trump. Trump might be plump, but he's no straight spring <laughs> chicken. Anyway, so <laughs> I'm gonna. Someone's gonna put that on a t-shirt, and I want money for it. Okay, so anyway, but <laughs> but like so so when this is polled, right? It turns out that Democrats are clear-eyed about the fact that both of the candidates that were going to see that we're almost surely going to see in November are equally old, right? They're not young. All right. It's true. But a lot of the reason that Biden polls worse on this question of age is that Democrats are willing to say it and Republicans, the cult Republican base is not willing to say that they're worried about Trump's age. And who knows? They may not be. They're obviously not worried about the fact that he's basically batshit, right? So, excuse my, I know this is supposed to be family friendly, but every once in a while. No, you it's can't. not. Wait, I don't know where you got that impression. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, careful there. Well, like, be careful there. Be careful, right? So, no. So, so, I mean, part of the problem is here is that like reporters are very tuned into the fact that this is something that Democratic voters are you know, concerned about voters in general, but Democratic voters are willing to be concerned about it and admit that to pollsters. And Republican voters either aren't concerned about it because they are in a cult, or at least, you know, the MAGA bases, or they they aren't willing to say they're concerned about it because, you know, they, you can't you can't question 
you know, hair leader, right? So, but you know what's interesting? So I was listening, I listened to the Bulwark, uh, a lot of, several of the Bulwark podcasts regularly. And one thing- Wait, 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 the the, the Bulwark is never Trump Republicans that have sort of bucked the Republican party because of Donald Trump. Because they're, they're of pro-democracy, Donald Trump. which is like the lowest bar, apparently. Yeah. It's <laughs> pro-democracy Republicans. Right. Pro-democracy Republicans. They're, they're basically never Trumpers. Most of them are not, were not at least originally traditional journalists, right? They they were former Republican operatives and you know, either worked on campaigns in a communication setting or worked on advertising for Republicans, that type of thing. So anyway, but now they're, I listen to it because they focus, they focus on trying to bring this narrow group, relatively narrow group of voters who are, who would probably rather not vote for Democrats, probably would rather not vote for Joe Biden, but basically trying to point out the insanity of the Republican Party and in some cases specifically try to get conservatives and Republicans to cast a pro-democracy vote against Trump and against, you know, extremist Republicans, right? Okay, so that being said, Sarah Longwell is the publisher of The Bulwark. She's also the, and we've had her on several times here. She's a friend of the pod. And she she said that when this report came out from her, right, that was the, is his name Robert Her? I think it was Robert Her, but I, I can't remember. Do you know? Do you remember? Maybe. Maybe not. I don't think Marcos is listening to me. No, maybe he is. Anyway, but (laughs) the report came out and she said that she got, number one, tons. First of all, she couldn't believe how much interest she got in this. Okay, she's a messaging expert. This is actually what she specializes in is messaging. And she was like, no voters have forgotten or didn't know or weren't aware that Joe Biden is old. No one has missed that memo. So she didn't understand, she couldn't understand why that was even something that came up, right? But on top of that, she thought it was wild that she got so much reporter interest in this story and whether or not it was gonna be a problem for Joe Biden. But when Trump went out and bashed NATO and said that he was gonna let Putin do quote unquote, whatever the hell he wants with our Uh NATO allies, right? Uh-huh. on a national stage at a campaign rally, no reporters called her on that. Not a single one. Why? Because she know they all know that the Republican base doesn't care. So uh-huh. so right, so the the they are she they didn't do any inquiries about that, which is crazy, right? That you're saying, oh yeah, I'm just gonna give Putin free reign to do whatever he wants. He's like signaling it to him, but, you know, in the middle of a speech that, hey, if I get elected, and by the way, wink, wink, nod, nod, if you guys help me get elected, you're going to have to do whatever you want, right? But, 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 and she gets no reporter calls on that, but she gets a ton of reporter calls on this memo that, that says that, you know, Joe Biden's an elderly man, right, who's forgetful, okay, um, and she gets tons of calls on that. And she was like, I don't understand. Like, I, I cannot understand why I'm getting all these phone calls on the one thing that everybody knows when Trump <laughs> actually makes news and says something horrible and she doesn't get any reporter calls on it. It was really interesting. So anyway, yeah. I, I leave so, the floor to you. So the so functionally, there, there's there's this 
kind of, I don't want to say movement, but there are voices inside the Democratic Party tent that claim that they're the wild-eyed realists and that Democrats really should replace Joe Biden. Ezra Klein at the New York Times is sort of, I think, the latest, or the highest profile person to, to do that. Uh, and and they, they sort of paint themselves as these, you know, you know, cold-eyed realists that, that understand that Joe Biden is, you know, they just, I guess they just found out that Joe Biden is old and they're, they're just rocked to the core and they don't even, apparently they haven't heard the news that Donald Trump is also old. And really it's based on, on, on vibes, right? There's nothing to suggest. We all saw Joe Biden just rake the Republicans in Congress at the State of the Union address last year and really nothing has changed. He has his moments, but Carrie, <laughs> if I was in the public eye 24-7, forget it. <laughs> forget it. People would be talking about cognitive decline. On this 30-minute podcast, I have my moments, right? So can, can I, I just say sometimes yeah. I have been in social situations because I have I have I don't I do fine in social situations, but I have this one social anxiety where I sometimes forget people's names. And I have I have literally forgotten my wife's name in the middle of trying and i was you know like in my 40s right like try try yeah so anyway i'm just saying when you when you have a flub here and there and people act like it's a big deal but donald trump is literally comparing himself to alexei navalny you know the the russian opposition leader that was just murdered by putin and claiming that the legal cases against him are like being murdered and just saying literally the the craziest most nonsensical things and we're going to pretend that Joe Biden getting the name of a world leader wrong is somehow indicative of cognitive decline. And we're going to ignore everything that, that Donald Trump says. And quite frankly, not just this time. Donald Trump has had cognitive decline for years, even last time he ran. And it's always been ignored by the media. It's sort of shrugged off as, you know, Trump being Trump. But so there's, you know, there's Ezra Klein argument that, that Democrats should replace Joe Biden in a behind the scenes, closed doors at the Democratic convention. And, and that supposedly is the realist take. Carrie, I can't imagine something more stupid and self-defeating and dangerous to our democracy than having a bunch of insiders pick a new person. And the, the reason is, 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 I don't know, twofold, threefold, let's see. First of all, you don't give up the incumbency advantage. You never give up the incumbency advantage. It is literally, Carrie, we made this, we talked about this back in November when people were talking, or last summer when people were talking about whether Joe Biden should run. You do not give up the incumbency advantage. Donald Trump was polling at 33% in 2020, and he almost won. He came within 80,000 votes, portion, you know, in three states, came within 80,000 votes of being reelected. You do not give the incumbency advantage up. Particularly, you do not give it up against a candidate that is the de facto incumbent as well as Donald Trump is. He's got universal name recognition. He's got his cult behind him. You do not give that up. Second, you go to the convention and you you try to broker it in a new candidate. Can you imagine the shit show that would be, Carrie? The different the, the, the Bernie crowd, the Kamala Harris, the Gavin Newsom, everybody arguing that their guy or their woman is the better candidate and the ill, bad feelings that would generate to make that decision behind closed doors. And if it's not Kamala Harris, uh, people will see racism and maybe it would be. And if it's not a woman, people will see sexism and maybe it would be. 
And are we really going to pick another white guy in Gavin Newsom? Because what does that say about the party and its ability to represent? Like these issues will come to the fore. It's one thing to have the South Carolina black electorate pick Joe Biden, as opposed to a bunch of insiders behind closed doors. And then you're making decisions not based on elect electability or their ability to, to, to communicate with voters effectively or the ability to build an organization. You're basing it on a bunch of insiders. That is terrible. And third, they haven't raised the money. They haven't built the organization. You can't just plug them into an existing infrastructure because different candidates have different strengths and different strategies. So you're basically starting from scratch when you have in Joe Biden somebody who actually has had an organization now for seven years and has been working and refining it. And we can argue about whether it's perfect because it's not because humans are humans and no organization is perfect. But starting one three months before the election, like I can't even fathom what a disaster that would be, including the fact that there would be so much bad blood. We all know every Democratic primary is a, it's a bit of a shit show. We all know oh, yeah. whether it's Obama versus Hillary or whether it's Hillary versus Bernie Sanders, or if it's the last one. I mean, and Carrie, you and I, we were not Joe Biden partisans. And no. we said, he's old. <laughs> we said yeah. that in 2019 and 2020. So we're very aware. We're not, we're not Republicans like you very so ably noted before that. We, we are a clear-eyed realist, but the voters chose him. And yeah. nothing suggests in the polling, I mean, we can look at civics polling where Joe Biden's approval ratings amongst Democrats is in the 90s. It's just a reality. So this notion that somebody's clamoring for somebody else and that somehow that would be better is incredibly dangerous. And I really, really wish it would stop because it doesn't serve anybody's interest. Joe Biden is our candidate. Donald Trump is theirs. That is the matchup. And we better start focusing on what that matchup looks like and pushing for our candidates to defeat this great threat to our democracy than to indulge in fantasies about replacing Joe Biden that, quite frankly, are not realistic and are dangerous and would make it easier for Trump to win. Right. Well, Woo. so <laughs> exactly. Show over. The end. No, just kidding. So look, look, you and I and you and I come to this position from slightly different places because I was personally kind of hopeful that President Biden would not announce his reelection. And you always argued, listen, the value of incumbency is so high that you can't give it up. OK, now you, you're right about the value of incumbency. I still want it. I still want it. OK, but as soon as he said, I'm running, that's that. Right. We can we would have suffered as a party from having a really messy like we wouldn't have necessarily suffered if he had stepped down and said, I'm opening up the field so that there can be, you know, a new generation of leaders, whatever he said. And then uh -huh. but but once he said, I'm running, then we would have suffered from having a contentious right contentious uh -huh. infighting, whatever, and, you know, a, a broadside from, you know, someone on the Democratic side, right? And this, this notion that somehow now is the time to come out because we're going to save the party from this disastrous election is so irresponsible. I just have to say it's predicated on the premise, very much like you, you suggested, that somehow there's this unicorn unity ticket that everyone's going right. to get behind that like, you know, somehow the Josh Shapiro, <laughs> you know, Gretchen Whitmer, you know, amalgam of, you know, John Fetterman. I'm trying to think who else can we throw in there? 
Gavin uh, Newsom. Gavin Newsom. Yeah, Gavin Newsom, Kamala Harris. With Warren, Bernie Sanders. Right, right, exactly. Let's start it all. Why not? Ex- exactly, exactly. Why, you know, why yeah, R- Raphael Warnock, right? That yep. amalgam is going to, you know, the ticket. Everyone's going to And the, and the youth... The youth of John Ossoff. Why not? Yeah, Let's yeah, throw exactly. that in too. will emerge. And <laughs> it will be genius, right? That I, is think, I changed my mind. I want that person. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we all want that person. You, you know, we all want that person. And as long as I've already jumped on the, you know, the swear train, no shit, right? I mean, we all want that person. Mm-hmm. We don't have that person. And you know what? If, if suddenly... You know, at the convention or something that Ezra, I didn't even read that. I didn't even read uh, Ezra Klein's um, yeah, newsletter. No, his, I mean, his, I, just, I just summarize it. It's, yeah. No, it's okay. But I'm just saying that like all of these people who are questioning it now, which is by far a year too late, think that there's going to be this, you know, this like unicorn unity candidate that everyone's going to get excited about. And that isn't going to happen. I can't imagine a more disastrous, like infighting scene than having like the suppose, you know, we don't yeah, really have this. Yeah. I can't even imagine. It would Brutal. be a disaster. And have it, have it two, three months before the election. No, right. it's, cr- it's crazy talk. It's crazy two talk. Months. Okay. Two months before the election. Yeah. yeah. Okay, there's going to be some disaffected, you know, it, at least now we're dealing with, you know, someone who we know, we know what their weaknesses are. We mm-hmm. know what their strengths are. We can build on that. But yeah, so, and he's old. If he goes, then Kamala Harris is president. We're OK with the, that. Here's the thing is there, especially when the guy you're facing is just as old. There's totally ways to message it. Right. There is yeah. the I'm old, but I'm not crazy telling yeah, right. you know NATO allies that we're going to abandon them when Putin comes in with tanks. Right. There's By the way, Jerry, I just saw a story literally a few minutes ago where Joe Biden has urged his advisors to go with that. So they're actually. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> literally, they're I'm like, glad I, I'm I glad like I Trump's could... crazy. Yes. Quotes. Yes. Yes, exactly. So there's that. Right. There's also, and I, I get this from Simon Rosenberg, our friend Simon Rosenberg, um, you know, the hopium guy, the Democratic uh, strategist and, and hopium guy, is that he said, look, you know, one thing is, is that Biden has had a successful presidency, okay, and we need to keep informing people about the successes. But he hasn't, you know, he came in when the pandemic was still raging, okay? Pandemic is largely receded now. We have, you know, very good ways of dealing with it. Most people, you know, there are some people feeling residual effects, and it's not that it's entirely gone, but most people are moving on with their lives in a relatively normal way, right? There's some vibe issues that I don't know if they will resolve, and and actually next week's episode, just a minor teaser, we're probably going to get into that, that sort of vibes, why people don't we have one of the best economies in over 60 years. Why aren't people feeling that? But we'll, we'll set that aside for now. Right, but yeah. Exactly. Exactly. There's, there's by vibes. the numbers, but by I the think, numbers, right. By, by the numbers. Incredibly successful. Incredibly successful. And I think some people, some people really actually don't totally know. They don't, some people don't know about the $35 insulin for, you know, people who are yeah. on Medicare. Some people don't know about the nearly $800 billion package, you know, infrastructure package that has that is putting people back to work, fixing roads and bridges and mm-hmm. and and digital infrastructure, etc. So like there are things that people still don't know about, right? But 
He has had a largely incredibly successful run as president. And that's not in spite of the fact that he is old. It's because of the fact that he has the wisdom gained by being the age that he is. And, and, you know, his, like the things that he has done, I mean, Trump added $8 trillion to the deficit while he was president. And you know what? The middle class and lower wage workers, they didn't have anything to show for that. Uh I mean, the middle class workers and working class folks have one of the best economies right now for them to go out and find a job in. And I realize that there's still sometimes sticker shock at the at the grocery store. But we all know that a big piece of that is is was caused by corporate greed. Right. So there's a lot of things that Joe Biden has done that he did because of the wisdom of his years, his way of dealing with Putin's invasion of Ukraine, right? And rallying the world leaders together, the world order together to to push against that is is a function of his age and wisdom, right? So, I mean, that there are this is there we don't have to back away from this fight and try to pretend that he's not old. Everyone's going to know that he's old. He's not crazy. And he's nobody's, not anti-democratic. Nobody's changing their votes. I mean, this is sort of like <laughs> the very core of this election is that nobody's mind is going to be changed. Nobody is going to go like, I was Biden, but now I'm Trump and vice versa. Maybe on emergence, you know, but not in any appreciable numbers. So what you're seeing right now, I mean, we are seeing hints that some Nikki Haley supporters might not support Donald Trump, right? But they're not switching their votes. They already sort of, they already left Trump. Like there's nobody right now who's a Trump supporter who's gonna flip vice versa, just to be very clear. It's gonna be an election about turnout. They always, like this is the modern American electorate. We are so polarized that persuasion is not really a thing. It's really about getting our people motivated and engaged and and turning out. And there's nobody on the Democratic that's not true. There's, a, there's, there's slivers here and there. I, I'm not going to discount the fact that there are some young Democratic-leaning voters that are upset about Gaza. I'm not going to pretend yeah, that it, that's not the case. But from a statistical percentage, it's not a, a big number. And so there's little slivers here and there like that, both against Trump and against Biden, but not in any way that I think that systematically changes the dynamics of the race. We won in 2020. What has changed from 2020? Like you said, one of the good things is that people, our people already know he's old. They already know he's old. And, but you know, it's Republicans are such flailing. I mean, I still don't know what the Republican message is. And next week's episode is going to be about the Republican message uh, to tease, but I still don't fundamentally know. So if you watch Fox news and if you watch Sinclair stations, they're all screaming about crime in the cities, right? So they're trying to make it about crime when people really aren't directly impacted crime statistics, you know, they're not great. They never are, but they're, they're no, not. They've gone down. They've gone down, right. They've got, in 2023, we had one of the lowest rates of violent crime in so, the history of the U.S. In, in the last 50 years. So this is where vibes comes in. And Republicans are trying to create the vibe that we are a nation under assault from crime in the cities, from a horde of immigrants on the South border. Like, I think that's sort of, but it's vibes, not really based on reality. They can't argue about the economy because the economy is really good. So they're going to lean on vibes, right? Remember how low gas prices were when Trump was president? No, they weren't, other than artificially low at the start of the pandemic when nobody was driving. So, but they're going to try to create sort of these vibes, but they can't really point to anything specific. And what's really struck me the last couple, this last 
week or two is that now you have what three Republican committee chairmen in. I had to pause to make sure there was no chairwoman, but that's not a thing in the Republican Party. <laughs> They're all chairmen. <laughs> so there are three committees, Republican committees in the House that are going to investigate Joe Biden's age. Because again, this this has been a shock to the system that that he's he's. I'm older. sorry, I didn't know this. <laughs> three, three, and but you know what's really amazing is that they're not really talking about impeachment so much anymore. Oh, they got God. nothing there, and it turns out that their star witness has just been indicted by the FBI for lying to the FBI about supposed corruption between yeah. Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, and yeah, their star witness. Me, this, so this yeah. is this what happened? They because so, their star witness like is now under indictment, and they can't rest on that anymore. That now uh-huh. they're gonna they've moved to investigating Biden's age. Is that what happened? Literally, literally, oh, it's, it's, it's what's happening. And it sort of just reminds me how they really have nothing. They've got nothing. Even so, the Democrats have actually, like you said, they have a really strong record to run on. Their biggest enemy is going to be vibes. The vibe is going to be a challenge. Uh, And again, this is on the the fringes, because I think you're going to have a core of of Democrats that are going to come home because Donald Trump is freaking terrifying. And they turn out in big numbers whenever he's on the ballot. We've seen that. We've seen Democrats turn out in special elections with just the thought that the party of Donald Trump may win an election. And Democrats are still overperforming Joe Biden's 2020 numbers by about five to six points systematically in special elections. So we have that happening. We have Donald Trump, which not only does he not care about his party, but he literally just installed Lara Trump, his his daughter-in-law, with no real experience running anything. And she just proudly boasted that every single dime that they raise, which is not a lot, every single dime that they raise, is gonna be spent on Donald Trump. This is a committee, yeah, it's supposed to help elect the president, but it's supposed to sort of lift all boats. It's supposed to fund the infrastructure that allows Republicans up and down the ballot to be able to win. And instead they're steering their contracts to their cronies. And we all know that, that it's a big grift. I mean, it just, I don't see. Yeah, yeah, I don't see what's happening over there. I don't see a a. I see a, a a hint of a message, but it's based on vibes. And one of the challenges that we're going to have in this this election, what's left of this election year, is to sort of fight back against that vibes. But once you get past that vibes, they got they got nothing, Carrie. And so I think this is why they're leaning so heavily on. Oh my God, Joe Biden is old because they got nothing else. If they did. They wouldn't be talking about the thing that everybody already knows and won't change a single mind, move a single voter. That's the yeah. current situation. No, let I mean, them talk about Joe Biden's age. Let them talk about it. I, I got to say, so to your point about the RNC, the RNC is basically broke at this point. And Literally, what Trump yeah. is doing is, yeah, yeah, is, is installing people who theoretically are going to be able to raise some money, right? But- they, what he really wants is whatever money is raised to be able to go to him, his super PAC and his legal fees. Right. And That's, his pocket. And, and his pocket. Well, I think I think in, in the in the moment, what he needs is a lot, a lot of legal help. Right. Legal. Yeah. So, uh, right. Legal so. So he but he is like bankrupting the Republican Party. Right. If you look, if you remember last year during the midterms, our candidates were out raising and it wasn't the same across the board, but especially in the Senate races, but also in a lot of the in the House races, our candidates were out raising just hand over fist their candidates. Right. 
And then the problem was, is that even normally the GOP committees, right, the NRCC and the NRSC, the which are um, the House and the Senate committees, the House and the Senate campaign committees for the Republican Party. They were well, I mean, I think the House was doing a little bit better than the Senate was, but they could not they did not have enough money. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. But I was going to say, but but why? Kevin McCarthy and who is no longer at the Republican, yeah right because uh, kept right because Kevin McCarthy was actually a really actually really good fundraiser good. yeah yes he and was very he's good gone, and they picked a yeah. back venture that's never raised a dime because he lives in a very red district so he never right. has to even fundraise for himself and they're right. not really raising any money as far as I can tell right so anymore. so the but the campaign committees couldn't really make up for the shortfall very well of their candidates and especially in the Senate, because Rick Scott did such a terrible job of managing the Senate campaign arm. So anyway, what happened was, is because the candidates themselves were not doing well fundraising. And then also the campaign committees were actually didn't have as much money as they normally did, particularly in the Senate, they couldn't make up for the shortfall of those candidates. Now, what's happening here is that traditionally the Senate commit the campaign committees of the of the Republican Party, the National Committee, the Republican National Committee, the RNC, and the campaign committees have done quite well because they've taken in a ton of money from people who, you know, from well-heeled donors, right? But right now, that money, their fundraising is flagging. And it's probably partly because the MAGA brand is so bad. Right. Most people don't want actually to be part of it. So they've there's, yeah, the, there's the, a, the Republicans with money are not the MAGA base. Right. The there's, MAGA a, base, there's a few oligarchs. Yeah. Right. There's a few mm-hmm. oligarchs who are funding back. the Republican Party. Yeah. And like that's it. And then the MAGA base is giving all of its money, not to the campaign committees, because they could give a crap about them. They're giving it all to Donald Trump. And so Donald Trump is basically bankrupted anyone in the Republican Party who isn't him. That's it. And this is a situation. And he's now hawking sneakers. <laughs> right, right. He's, now hawking he's not raising money for Republican candidates down the ballot. Yeah. No. yeah. So, sneakers. so it's so he they're in a lot of trouble. The Republican Party is in a lot of trouble financially in general. And then on top of that, what we've seen from the Biden campaign is that they're actually running a real campaign. They have a real strategy. It's, you know, so I, I keep on, I always wish that everything had started sooner than it did, like four years ago. Because <laughs> I'm always like, we got to get on it. But no, they are raising real money. They've already bought $250 million in campaign ads, you know, booked from after the convention to the election. And, and um, just for context, that's a shit ton. It's a shit so, ton of money. And it's uh, it's almost it's basically all going, of course, to the battleground states. Right. But it, this is an organized campaign. You don't raise that kind of money and you don't have that kind of money to spend if you don't have the infrastructure in place that Marcos just talked about. Right. You have to have the campaign infrastructure to raise that kind of money. So they also, from what I understand, and I, I, I'm not really read in on this at all. But, you know, there's going to be a coordinated campaign, I think, around some of the younger people in the party like AOC and others 
to talk about Biden and what he's done as a president in in powerful ways. And so, you know, carrying the sort of working as surrogates to a younger generation of folks to say, hey, let's give him a second look on what he's done for the country. And she did she did this successfully in uh, Senator Ed Markey's campaign. I don't know if you remember it. But he was facing a challenge and she came out and said she there was an ad, I think, where she said something along the lines of, I'm not so concerned about the age of the candidate as I am about the age of their ideas. Something mm. along those lines. OK, yeah. So no, Marky was in Massachusetts. It's a little it's a place where yeah. AOC might not. Maybe Sherrod Brown might not get that bump in Ohio. I don't know. No, 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 no. But, I, I agree. I agree. Being, but, yeah, yeah. Democrats have a very deep bench. They have incredible talent that speaks to different parts of the base. And so the issue isn't so much, you know, Joe Biden is old and out of touch and he's an old white guy in a country that increasingly is diverse and and a party that is very young. It's he's got an army of surrogates that will serve him well. Compare that to the Republicans where the surrogates are what Matt Gates and Lauren Boebert and maybe Marjorie Taylor Greene. He has pushed out the sort of establishment Republicans are literally quitting in droves. They are right. quitting because and they don't want anything to do with that party. And with that goes money, yep. credibility, yep. and sane voices that sort of speak to voters. They're really doubling down on the MAGA crazy and making themselves increasingly insular. And we talk about this almost every week. There's one sort of swing demographic in the country and that's college educated, suburban, white women, and maybe white men too, to a you know, much smaller extent, but I think they're starting to shift. And they are shifting because they are uncomfortable with this QAnon adjacent MAGA Republican party and Donald Trump's just meanness and pettiness. And, and abortion. I mean, uh, that I mean, is, yeah. <laughs> no, but I'm serious. Like, from, from, yeah, yeah, yeah. Democracy and abortion. I mean, reproductive freedom is such a huge issue among that group of, of women, you know? So I think that, you know, that we just can't underestimate. I mean, we, we saw last week in the special elections that that was incredibly important. And Tom Swazi in his campaign to reclaim his seat in the, the, New York 03, was, yeah, Long Island, the, uh, Queens, hybrids seat, right? Yeah, that yeah. was the, what's his face? It's district. See, I just, I, oh, oh, I George forgot. Santos. Right, exactly. It was the Santos George district. That's Santos. what people remember. That's it. And here You're I am. too old. You're too old. I'm too old. Time for retirement. <laughs> Marcos, time for retirement. <laughs> So, yeah, for George Santos, right, it was a special election for disgraced Republican Congressman George Santos. And Tom Squazzi won that. And he won it partly. He, he did a, he did something interesting that I think is worth worth noting. He, he maybe demagogued more than I would love on on immigration. But he ta- he did talk specifically, even as he said that there should be an immediate border shutdown. Right. But he at the same time was talking about we should also have a pathway to citizenship. We need to deal with this issue and I will work across the aisle to deal with it. And he emphasized a very results-oriented, bipartisan willingness to work on the issue of immigration. And at the same time, emphasized reproductive freedoms and the fact that Republicans are, you know, are going to take it away from, if they if they get the chance, if they have the power, they will pass a national abortion ban. Yeah, it, absolutely. Is- We're running out of time. And sir, I just want to bring it back because the the... Fundamentally, that's going to be their arguments. You know, Joe Biden is too old, which is what we started with. And it's not an argument that sort of lands. And to the point where, you know, Joe Biden, nobody's going to pretend he like 
revs up the bays and gets everybody excited. This may be the first election, I think, in my in my since I've been paying attention to politics, that we may see reverse coattails, where actually that bottom of the ticket is so dynamic and gets people so excited at the House and Senate level that they actually help Joe Biden win because the excitement isn't at the top of the ticket. It's actually at the bottom of the ticket. And everybody understands the importance of Joe Biden. And it's not so much let's get Joe Biden elected. It's let's keep Donald Trump the hell away from the White House and let's empower this Democratic majority that can actually get things accomplished that matter to people, not these senseless investigations and and just theatrics that the Republicans have done in the House because they clearly, clearly can't govern. And uh, some, you know, I saw somebody say that it's actually Nancy Pelosi's fault because she made it look so easy to to run a house with a small majority. <laughs> I, retre- I retweeted that. You know who that was? I think it was Christine Reynolds. At, um, it was. It was. At, it was. Yeah, was yeah, it was so good. Hilarious. It was so good. So, it, 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 again, Joe Biden is old. Here, like, I think now, 30 minutes into the show, like, I think the shock has worn off a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I'm starting I'm starting to deal with it. I don't know. If you, at the beginning of the show, I was like, you know what I think we should have? is a floor flight at the national convention <laughs> over and, and, and like 15 rounds of votes before we figure out who our nominee is. And then, you know, everybody oh, yeah. hates each other and we, we turn off. Whole, I mean, I, for a second, I was like, that's really the answer, but now I'm starting to rethink that. Maybe not. And you know what? Joe Biden wins. We save democracy and let the 2028 primary begin the next day. I would be perfectly happy with having that debate after. So I think that's where we are right now. Next week, we're going to be talking about that Republican message. And it's sort of a notion of vibes as driving a lot of the political discourse. And and Republicans don't actually have facts or figures. I mean, we saw this even with Donald Trump trying to take credit for the record high stock market by claiming that people had vibes, that he was going to win election. And that's why the numbers are up. Like they really don't know how to deal with the fact that Joe Biden is having a historically successful presidency. So his age isn't going to change that. And I think you're absolutely right that there is value in age and wisdom that we as a society have lost track of sort of because we've become, you know, the elderly are not as valued anymore. Wisdom isn't as valued in our culture. Nobody's calling their mom to find out how to deal with a kid. They can Google it or they can ask on Reddit or they can, you know, look on social media. And so it's a different. Yeah. I legit, can I just say, I legit didn't think that Biden was going to be able to get as much uh, legislation through as he did with no, the no, no. incredibly razor thin yeah. margins that he had. And the only reason he was able to do it is because he'd spent, you know, three decades in the Senate. Uh-huh. That was the only reason he was able to do that is because he understood how Congress works as a beast, right? Yeah, <laughs> so understood like, Joe Manchin, how to deal with yeah, the Joe Manchin to yeah. the Senate, right? So yeah. absolutely. And we may not like it. We may be pining for more dynamic youth and new leadership, more modern leadership. And we're going to get that. We are going to get that. First, we need to get rid of the MAGA threat to our democracy, to our civil liberties to our rights. And I think if Trump loses his time, I think that's it. I think Trump is done and we need him done. And I don't think the MAGA movement survives without him. I don't think Matt Gates or MTG can, can support that. Ron DeSantis is going to carry the mantle. Donald Trump is a historically unique figure 
And uh, thank God there aren't more of him on the horizon in the Republican Party that I can see. Hopefully I'm not being blinded to something, but I just I just don't see it. And so we need to defeat that that threat. And so I really, really hope that the this quote debate about Joe Biden's age plays its course and let Republicans have their, you know, probing investigations into Joe Biden's birth certificate to find out how he actually is. I, I don't think voters care. I think we're, you know, they're focused on on bigger issues and quite frankly, the bigger issues, Trump, they're focused on Trump. Let's just be real. He's he's the and towering you know president. What? I, all the polling that I see about congressional Republicans, no one th- other than like a third of the country thinks that they're doing anything that they ha- would hope that they, yeah. they're not in focused on any of the issues that they want to, them to be focused on. And so this isn't going to, you know. And even that third doesn't actually and, believe it. They're going to say yeah. that just out of partisan loyalty. They're not. Yeah, they don't yeah. actually. I mean, it's they're just not addressing. So it's it, you know the the yeah. House Republicans are in. They, what are they down to? Like a one seat majority right now? And I think by the time it's something, it's something like close three. to it's, that. It's three. Yeah, it might be three. By the time I think a couple of a few more seats are filled, they'll probably end up with like a. They'll be running running with like a three to four seat majority. They're going to be in a lot of trouble. The House Republicans, I feel much better about the House than I do about the Senate. I feel very good about the House. And I don't, I feel not. Carrie, that's a show for another. (laughs) Yeah, I know. No, I I have more to say. Don't get me started on another tangent. We'll fill another show on on the House. That is our show for today. Thank you so much, Carrie. Love having you and talking about these issues, including the shocking revelation. I hope you can sleep tonight now knowing that Joe Biden is, is old. Thanks to Walter for producing the show. Thanks for everybody who helps behind the scenes, Perry and Paul. And thank you, the viewer, listener, reader, for being part of the movement to save our democracy against the real, real danger of the MAGA movement. We gotta defeat it. And I cannot be happier that you're all fellow travelers in this battle. So thank you so much. Catch you all next week. Bye-bye.